listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. Hello, welcome to the Enjoy an Album podcast with me, Liam Withnow. And also me. Christopher MacArthur Boyd. We're listening to the top 500 albums of all time as according to Rolling Stone magazine. One week, one album, one podcast at a goddamn time. As the uh, Aussies call it, roll out style now. <laughs> what do the Aussies have the, 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 the top one? Oh, what's that? Triple the, J. Triple J's the radio station. and um, But they have a big, like the Hit 100. It's Great. like the big... It's like our version of Christmas number one, but it's not even uh-huh. at Christmas. It's at like wow. it's in February or something, and that's their like. This was the biggest track of the last year. Wow! And so well, when I was there, that, um, that Billie Eilish song won. Bad guy, I think it's called. Which was particularly cool for Australians because um, the background is a little uh, sort of. Um, a repetitive, monotone kind of uh, in the back of that, uh-huh. and it the it's actually when Billie Eilish was in Australia, she heard the Australian traffic lights at pedestrian crossings. Oh yeah, yeah, they go, cool. And she recorded it on her phone, and then handed that to a producer, and that is the direct sound wow. that's been then obviously like manipulated a bit. In Music the song. concrete, as they say. Don't know yeah, if you're familiar with that. It's the same, um, the same traffic lights uh, that they have in Dublin. Actually, make the exact same noise. So we should yeah. get them, man. I bet you didn't know that. But they didn't think we'd be talking about different pedestrian walking sound effects. What's on... your favourite type of de- pedestrian crossing? For me, the zebra. The element of chance where the driver might just go. Oh, fuck! Oh, I don't care if it's zebra. I'm going. I, I'm, a, like... I'm a pelican guy all day long. What is the pelican again? I never really understood what the pelican was. That's just a well. That's just a normal crossing. Why is it called the pelican crossing then? I don't know. Oh. But you know what's cool? No, so those little yellow boxes. Did you know there's a a little accessibility thing cone underneath them? So <laughs> so the yellow box with the button that says wait. Yes. Underneath. Oh, that's pelican. I a traffic so. light. Yeah. <laughs> Not Und- pelican about it. Underneath that, yeah, there is a attached to the the yellow box. There is an upside down cone. Mm-hmm. You can feel it if you put your hand under there. Yeah, if I've touched it, yeah. You you do know what I'm talking about then. Don't know what it does, but I've touched it. When the lights go green, when the green man comes, it it spins slowly, and it's yeah. a way to let blind or deaf people know that it's time to cross the road. So my pal Connor told me when I was seventeen that is, if you wind that. You can make the traffic lights go quicker. Yeah, that's, that's so not we true. would always tamper with it. Yeah, that's not that's not true at all. No, because it never worked. When I was young, when I was a young Tonight, boy, my father yeah. took me to a pelican crossing, and this is what he made us do. Uh, when I was like four or five, if I was out walking with my dad, mm-hmm. um, if we were waiting at a crossing. He would Pelican say, crossing. we weren't able to cross the road because the green man wasn't there because he was asleep. Yes. So we had to shout to wake the green man up. <laughs> so we'd be stood 
waiting in Dagenham. Yeah. Screaming, Green Man! Green Man! Wake up, Green Man! And the Green Man would come. And my dad would go, good job you did that. These people have been waiting here for hours. <laughs> Great dad bit. Great dad bit. Hey, dad's rock. Sometimes they rock. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> okay. Little Case character there. point. <laughs> no, nah, my dad's cool, but he doesn't do shit like that. I'll tell you that much. Um, right. Let's settle this once and for all. Pelican Crossing. I don't know what that is. Why is it called that? Fair enough, zebras are striped. Therefore, the striped ground is the zebra crossing. Pelicans are big-mouthed, loud-mouthed birds. You know, they eat pigeons. A pelican crossing is a UK and Irish name for a type of pedestrian crossing which features a pair of poles, each with a standard set of traffic lights facing oncoming traffic, a push button, and two illuminated coloured pictograms facing the pedestrian from across the road. Yes, I was right. It's a pelican crossing. Is it just called that because... It's, we have a zebra crossing, so it's like just a, a fun name. You take the piss. Could be any animal then. What's a platypus crossing? It's a red panda crossing? It's a boa constrictor crossing? What? Why don't you call it the traffic lights? Come on! It's crazy in Australia and uh, in Japan where like jaywalking. <laughs> yeah. And crazy. Canada. Which is people don't, just do not do it. You could look. On there's a street in Adelaide, a main road, that honestly, if it was, it sometimes it's completely quiet and you can look and you can see a mile down the road, no cars coming either way. And everyone's just still fucking standing there. Yeah. Whereas in London, r- cars are moving and people are walking yeah. across the road. Yeah. I respect that more. Absolutely. Our lives should not be dictated by the fascist, gasolino-centric automobile industry. All right, I do not drive. Mm-hmm. That's what Daddy Yankee yet, was singing about. <laughs> Daniel Gasolina. He was saying, "Let's get rid of this fossil fuel industry and let's implement a more pedestrianised society where space exists for the walking man and not necessarily for the driving man." A walking class hero <laughs> is something to be. Speaking of um. Walking class heroes. <laughs> Tenuous segue. Don't know if it makes sense. Stretch li- Armstrong is uh, back. Who are we listening to this week? It's the New Zealand pop star. Jacinda Return. Oh, 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 oh. I forgot to mention this. Have you seen the South Park parody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's funny? Yeah, sure. Do you know who does the parody? Who does the song parody? No. So he's, there's a song in it that sounds like it's by Lord. Yeah. South Park. Trey Parker wrote it, but he got Sia to sing it. Wow. And she done it secretly, and then she said, oh, turns out Lord likes it, so it was me. And I think it shows a lot about Lord's character, that she was like, ah, it's funny, I've been in two episodes, they took a piss out of me, said I was like a 40-year-old man in disguise. I'm not. Whereas Tom Cruise, Kanye West, were both egregiously mm-hmm. upset. Yeah. Because they have little teeny cocks. And they're both secretly gay. That's the rumour mm-hmm. that I'm not willing to talk about because... With each other I, when they're married. I hope, to, I hope to collaborate with both of them at some they point. They got I get on the wrong sides. They got married and they want to open a, a business together. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what type of business is that? Listen, this intro is way too long. All right, sorry. 
Let's let's get to the episode. It's Lord. It's melodrama. It's enjoying our big shout out to Eddie Ting, aka Will McKee. Enjoy the app. Enjoy your week, motherfuckers. God bless you. Enjoy. And I'll- Rolling Stone magazine's introduction to melodrama by Lord. Lord was 16 when the blockbuster hit Royals earned her acclaim as the voice of a generation. As her second album showed, that wasn't quite accurate. She's more like the voice of a smart, self-conscious, neurotic people of all generations. I think that you might be the same as me. Behave abnormally, she sings on Homemade Dynamite. The sound is bigger sounding and more club friendly than the spare sound of her 2016 debut, especially on the single Green Light. And she's even more impressive on a big stage. So, it's Lord. Can I just stop you right there? I haven't put my Ethernet cable in. Can I go and do that? Yeah, do that. I'm not going to repeat that though. We'll keep recording. So, whilst Chris has gone to get his Ethernet cable, I feel like it'd be a good point to tell you all that he recently agreed with me that the manner in which the tabulation of the Rolling Stones list um, was for the most part uh, a pretty honest standings Um, he also asked if we could organize a fundraiser for a personalized Funko Pop made to look like him I said just get a, a Morrissey one and a David Byrne one and put one's clothes and the other's and you're halfway there. What are you saying, you wank? Wow. You, you're you so sure it's a bad thing. I was trying to organize... You were laughing? I was smiling. Oh. Because I was thinking about the great gift that me and the listeners are going to organize for you. Good Lord. Question mark. That's the name of today's episode. Good Lord. This is... Uh, the first episode about uh, winners of the 2013 Eurovision Song Contest, Lordy. Mm-hmm. Um, with Hard Rock Hallelujah. Yes. They um, were good. Were they? Yeah. Hard Rock Hallelujah. Imagine Britain putting forward a f- heavy metal band with like Guar-esque facial masks rather than whatever chubby faux-hawked waistcoat wearing freak boy they put forward every year <laughs> do you think it's actually possible for britain to do well at eurovision no do you think that even if we put something awesome like lordy in the political sphere would still be punishing towards us it should be we deserve it. We deserve lacerated I, back flesh. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just wonder if you consider the the competition itself so corrupt that it actually has. We have earned ourselves uh, mm-hmm. zero music meritocracy. If there was anybody else as a labour leader but Corbyn, we would be twenty points ahead, mm. and we would have won Eurovision. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, anyway, it's Lord. <laughs> It's Lord. Yes. Oh Lord. Lord. Um, when was the first time you heard Lord? Um 
probably at church. Yeah, you heard them speak to you. He That's reached out mental. With his hand uh, poured down from heaven. Tapped really? me. This is the second time you've been confused as to what laws we're talking about. <laughs> I'm breaking it clear. New Zealand pop star Lord, famous hit Royals. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's a, a pretty big modern pop star, pretty unavoidable. Royals, big hit. Um, mm. I, I enjoyed that album, Heroin, I think it's called. Pure Heroin. Pure, pure Heroin. Uh, pure Heroin, baby. And uh, I, actually ha- I actually have that album on vinyl. Do you really? Do you know why? Why? Because I asked for this album on vinyl. Well, well I didn't Ooh. ask for it. Okay, so what happened was, every Christmas... My mother will either speak to me or my wife and say, what albums does Liam like this year? And in 2017, I'd be listening to this album a lot. Yeah. Um, but I accidentally put the wrong name of the album down. Mm. I put the debut instead. So I have that on vinyl when I'm meant to get this, which kind of ruins the Bop Shop question for later, but I'm just, just not necessarily. giving you all not my facts. Because wanting something for Christmas is not the same as wanting to buy it yourself. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm familiar with both of her first two albums. The recent one, less less so, uh, not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've I've followed followed her her oeuvre. Yeah, so you like her a lot then? I think she's cool. Yeah, this is a cool young. So when you when you, when Rolling Stones blurb said not the voice of a generation, but the voice of sad sensitive souls of every generation do you consider yourself part of that let me just citation, citation needed uh smart self-conscious neurotic people what did i say uh, the same thing probably uh, close enough um am i do do i think i am smart self-conscious and neurotic i know what i do I would I, say I'm... I took one of those uh, stupid character tests on the internet that's like, what character which, which are you Simpsons most like? Which Simpsons character are you? Well, I got a Simpsons character, even though it wasn't wasn't like a Simpsons specific. Mo. No, I got Krusty the Mo. Clown. Mo, it must be Mo, it must be Mo. Krusty the Clown. Hmm. Holden Caulfield from Catcher in the Rye. Yep. I've got a van beeping outside me. They're going to take me away for being such a fucking cliche. Krusty the Clown holding coffee with, and the girl from Ghost World. Also Bernard Black, but I didn't put that one up because he's a friend of a friend. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> do you well, agree do you with think, him? Yeah, 100%. They got me. Yeah, you are. I guess you do have a bit of holding Caulfield about you. Krusty the Clown, a comedian who smokes. Ghost World girl, obscure hipster with speckies. And then Holden Caulfield, just somebody who thinks everybody's a total phony, when in actually everybody's just trying their best. Yeah, okay. You know, what do you think you would get? Lord? What character are you most like, Lord? Yeah, Lord. Uh, so here's a cool thing about Lord that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, someone discovered via some internet sleuthing what that I? Lord had a secret... Instagram account in which she reviews her favourite onion rings. Yeah. I don't like onion it, rings. And then when it was found, she shut that shit down. Yeah. She was like, this isn't for you, this is for my friends. <laughs> I think that's dope. That is pretty cool, actually. Even though I don't like onion rings, I still like to read the reviews. Well, I'd like to read one of her reviews, if that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, tempura onion ring out of Tennessee. Mm. Very good. Thick, sweet onion and delicious chewy batter. Served with a slightly spicy, totally non-traditional sauce. 4.5 out of 5. I mean, quick and to the point. I'll have a totally non-traditional sauce. Um, if you were, what would be your niche food Instagram private review page? I feel like nobody's reviewing sausage suppers. And they're so different, you know, based on the sausage, based on the batter, based on the chip quality, based on, you know, even container from polystyrene to yesterday's news. Do you know what I mean? It's like... What the fuck? Why is nobody? I would call it. I haven't seen super news. I haven't seen yesterday's news used as a a serving for a very long time. I have. I go to cookies. really. Yeah, I think I was in Blackpool. Although it might have just been paper that was designed yeah. to look like newspapers rather than actual newspaper. Because all the news was about chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was from last week. Oh it was yeah, a big, big yeah, chip yeah. week last week. <laughs> <laughs> what would you yeah. give you? Um, salt vinegar crunchy sticks. There's not enough of them. Every supermarket has one. Oh, okay. Has their own brand. You were going to do a, a crisp podcast before this, weren't you? What the crisp with Gareth Much? It never <laughs> took off. Why not? Because we never got round to it. That's mad. You just would be perfect for that. Absolutely. We we're going to have a guest each week and ask them their favourite crisps. We were going to take questions like. What's the best crisp to eat on a train? Yeah. What's the best crisp to serve at a wedding? Stuff yeah. like that. Um, the answer to all of these is salt vinegar chip sticks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's why That's why it never happened. It's a short podcast. I think you should, uh, you know, if I die, I give you full full, full permission to uh, do that with him instead. Uh, I remember um, the Guardian newspaper, um, before it became... A chip receptacle. <laughs> Before said, it became um, a centrist rag. Uh, same thing. Yeah. It, I'm pretty sure it named Royals by Lord as number one track of the decade for the tens. Hmm. We had a, an interesting conversation about Lord earlier. I don't know if it made it to the pod or not, but I think that Royals by Lord, although I like it, I do think there is a bad faith interpretation of it that is quite a racist song you know because all the signifiers of wealth are actually signifiers of uh, you know the black underclass is the idea of success yeah I guess but then that itself is permeated by Hollywood isn't it like so it's just it's more a critique of of that social gold teeth diamonds on your neck Jane we don't care why don't you care? That's a, that's a specific... Uh... Well, it's saying, this thing that you are racistly trying to sell me, I don't want it. I just want to go back to my fucking... Wow. My chilli bin and <laughs> wear some jandals. I just want to go back and eat more non-traditional sauces with my onion rings. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever uh, heard that... Um, what do you think of these guys? Postmodern Jukebox and Puddles oh, Pity Party did a great cover, cover of this. Great cover. Yeah. We met that guy. We did. The big clown. Maybe did we? I met him and you weren't there. He was at I've the met a big clown. I do a podcast with one. <laughs> Don't talk about Gareth much like that. No! <laughs> nah, he's lovely. Uh, no, I really like that cover. I really like, and I'll tell you what, this makes me sound incredibly uncool. Please don't judge me on it, listener, dear listener. Uh, I really love 
the postmodern jukebox cover of uh, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Oh, stinky! Yeah. That's a serious <laughs> stank. A I review this cloud. onion ring as stinky batter, uncrisp, and lame. Stinky batter. You stink. Please batter him. <laughs> for saying that. Totally. Really? That. I had a little perusal on Postmodern Jukebox uh, YouTube account. I watched a few. And, you know, it's it's like a novelty thing, isn't it? It's like, hey, what if the Spice Girls were in the 1950s? And then you listen to it and you're like, yeah, that is probably how that would sound. Did but you play would... Bioshock Infinite? Did, uh, did I? Yeah. Yes? It has loads of stuff like that because it's about time travel and it's about, like, kind of yeah, loops yeah. and time. So it's set in, like, the 20s, but a sci-fi 20s, but everybody wants to know the world's being sung by uh, barbershop quartets and stuff. Yeah, it's... um. Everybody rules the, wants to rule the world. Everybody wants to rule the By Tears for Fears. Yes, 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 yes. Which Lord covered oh. in The Hunger Games Part 1. Did she really? Another That's one why of your favourite like... films. <laughs> Jesus. He loves Twilight I've, New I've... Moon and he loves Hunger Games Part 1. I've watched The Hunger Games. Yeah. And I'm going to say... Come on. Not dreadful. Come on. Have you watched it? Shit, shit. I'd seen it in the pictures. Where's the blood? There's teenagers killing each other. There's no blood. See, when you watch Battle Royale, blood everywhere. Of course, of course. Battle Royale's numero uno, and this is just an idea stolen from that. But I remember thinking, now it's been many years since I watched it, whenever it came out. But you know what? I just, uh, I rate Jennifer Lawrence. You rate her? Hmm. Okay. Right, let's get into it. Um, Is there going to be a secret posho? Let's hear the jingle and find out. Secret posho, secret, secret posho. You do it fast and it feels like nacho. I got all money. You got dash bro, secret posho. Little bit of bass to that this week. That was cool. <laughs> I've been smoking a lot. Very yeah. uh, nerve-wracking time about life. <laughs> um, Lord Born, Ella, Marriager. Lani Yelik O'Connor. Whoa. It's a lot yeah, of different that, ethnicities. That's a five that's a five namer right there. Yeah. Um she's from New Zealand. Not a typically um you know, obviously there are wealthy people there, but it's not where it's not 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 we've not we've not drowned this well I don't know what previously. You're I don't know either. <laughs> Well, New Zealand, you know, it's not run We by... haven't had any posh Kiwis yet. Right. We haven't had any Kiwis at all, have we? No. No. Who's your favourite Kiwi? Um, Come back to me. Okay. Who's Put on that? the spot there. <laughs> come back, Timmy. <laughs> come back to me. You slag that guy, he will come back at you. <laughs> Um, Lord's mother mm-hmm. was a is a poet of Croatian descent. Mm. Her name is Sonja Jelic, mm. and Sonja Jelic's parents were Serbian and escaped the German Reich. Mm. And fled to to New Zealand. So that's that side of the you know parental background. 
I looked in. Well, you hear mothers of poet, and you know, I had some little posh bells start dinging. Mm-hmm. But I had a look, and you know, just just your run of the mill poet. Just your normal poet, the real no. I mean, it's not like obviously having a mother is a window cleaner. No. Obviously, there's an element of middle classness to it. Yeah. To some degree. You yeah. obviously have working class poets as well. La vie bohème. It's a bit bohemian. That's right. That's exactly the word. That's exactly the word I was looking for, you know. La vie bohème. Uh, yeah. Uh, la viva la vida by Coldplay. <laughs> it's his favourite song. <laughs> I did. I can't wait till we get to Coldplay because I've got some spicy hot takes. A Coldplay on the list. That they bloody better be. Woof. Um, Lord was a gifted child. Weren't we all? Come on. No, no, I wasn't. I did all right. No, I wasn't. But well, not like this is gifted, gifted. When she was like five, she was reading your fucking favorite book, uh, The Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm. That was earlier than me. And uh, a teacher encouraged Lord's parents to get her tested. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if she could go to a special school for gifted children. Right. So she passed. Wow. She's like a, she's like a bloody genius baby. <laughs> and then after a while, her mum's like, these people are freaks, man. Get Lord out of here. Yes. That's the right thing to do. And she went to a, a pretty normal public school. Um, she, she was... Hang on. <coughs> Liam is allergic to wealth. <laughs> That's why he's such a pinko commie. <laughs> he's radicalised by his own self-interest. Pardon me. Um, so, at school, she was just one of those... I don't know, did you have any, like, crazy fucking kids at school who were just like... How the fuck... What, why are we in the same class, even? Because... I was always... When it comes to... I was, I was, a, I was a pretty gifted child, I would say. I did well, and, like, I was fine in class, but, I mean... We had, in our school, we had a few kids that were like, like they were like this. Like I was class. stinking at maths, but I was good at English. So I would be in the top class for English and then like the middle bottom class for maths all the time. But was there a top of the top class? I was I was at a table of four or five kids. This is what I'm, you're not understanding. This is, you're, not, this is, you're not grasping what I'm saying here, all right? Not you don't understand oh, how good my vocabulary was. Yeah, but you're saying there was like four or five of yours. I'm saying, no. In my school, there was two kids, I can remember, uh-huh. who newspapers <laughs> came to see them on the day of their GCSE results. The heads were so did, big. They were the top 0.1% in the country. No, I wasn't like that. I wasn't like That's that. That's what I mean. Like, right. instant, this kid is maybe from fucking Dagenham, but he's going straight to Oxford. That level. Right. I won writing competitions and spelling competitions. Yeah, that's the same. You're such a... You just don't respect me and how smart I was as a baby. Listen, I was I was a smart baby too, all right? I'm still a smart baby, baby. Two smart babies talking about Lord. Lord um, was... did She did uh, writing competitions, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm expecting a slightly different level. She got to the world finals of a literature competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of gifted... I feel like I could have been if the if the I wrote a book about a seal who uh, gets lost, 
I feel yeah. like if they had put that forward for that competition, maybe I would have placed also. When I was... Well, you're about the same age as Lord, so you might have met her. She's a wee bit younger than me, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. You could have yeah. been her mentor. Yes. When she went for the competition, she, who won this last year? Christopher MacArthur Boyd with a book called Some Shitty Story About a Fucking Seal. Wow. Adult themes. It was heavily plagiarized, plagiaristic of uh, Finding Nemo. I'll tell you that that's, much. Yeah, that's what gifted kids do. <laughs> She's out here reading The Catcher in the Rye and you're fucking stealing Finding Nemo. Same level. Yeah. Um, her and her pal started singing some songs together for school talent shows. Mm-hmm. And her pal's dad took the demos that they made and sent them to like radio stations. And someone at UMG, Universal Music Group, heard it, was like, hot damn. This is the hottest ticket in town. Mm-hmm. Immediately put them in development. Wow. They were like 14. Uh, and then they made this EP. UMG were like, don't really know what to do with this. It's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. These like 14-year-old girls singing this shit. What the hell? So they self-released it on Bandcamp. Royals was on it. Mm. Blew up. Blew up. Great song. Blew up. From the dust into a mountain. Yeah. The story of Lord. And then the rest is history. Then they released uh, Pure Heroin. Massive album. Oh, Lord obviously ditched her pal. Was like, I don't fucking need you. <laughs> were, they, were they on uh, Royals? The Friend? Well, the EP was both of them. It does feel like there's another voice on that when you think about it. Well, I think it was re-recorded for... Oh. Um, it's not the original 14-year-old Lord. Oh, I don't okay. think we can hear in that. That's a, that's a demo. Um, a couple of fun facts about Lord. Let's hear that. She has chromosthesia. Chromosthesia? What do you think that is? I know synesthesia, which is when you can hear colours... Mm-hmm. Chromosthesia? Yeah. Chronos is time. I don't know what chromos is. It's calm. It's when you can calm <laughs> music. That's not... That's it gross. Is. <laughs> <laughs> gross. I have it. Man. I have it. Uh, I have it as well, but it's still gross. <laughs> no, it's colours. It's uh, when music makes you see colours. That's what I said, synesthesia. No, uh, synesthesia is tastes and smells. Oh... Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have this. A lot of kind of musicians have it. I don't. Yeah. I do not. <laughs> I just, I'm, I just I'm, hear I'm glad music. we cleared that up. <laughs> people have been asking. The mail. That's all the mailbag was. Does Chris have chromesthesia? What colour is the Flying Burrito Brothers? Um, it'd be like a sort of green haze, bro. Mm-hmm. As as a big purple kush. Um, she's gone into a little bit of trouble, Lord. For what? She was due to play some gigs in Israel, and then she cancelled them in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Yeah. From uh, the ocean to the thing, the thing they I mean, see. F- yeah, from the thing to the. the from the window to, to the, the wall. wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's our version of the uh, Palestinian Freedom Anthem. 
from the window to the wall. <laughs> Let the sweat drip off my balls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but she got in trouble with obviously some pro-Israel groups. But, you know, hey, yeah. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm happy to pin Enjoy an Album down as a pro-Palestine podcast. I'm sorry for slipping in my crazy lefty views once again. There's a lot. Uh, that's where I fucking I don't even work on it. But yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I just think she's a fucking look. I, I think I'm pretty obvious. I'm down with Lord. One you thing she her. did on the most recent album that I liked is um she released uh released a uh a sort of EP alongside it in which she sung a few of the songs in Maori. Oh, wow. um, so very respectful. The, the the title song Solar Power um from Solar Power is it's a good song. It's a good Lord sort of pop song. Um. I would I would go check out her singing that in Maori. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bit of an issue with Solar Power, and I really want to be as respectful as I possibly can. I think everybody should be allowed to express themselves however they want. Everybody should be able to wear whatever mm-hmm. they want. Everybody should be able to take pictures or whatever they want. Booty. The front cover is a picture of a bum. And it's not the only album that's been like this. Um, Mass Seduction, which coincidentally was also produced by Jack Antonoff, the way that uh, Melodrama was and the way Solar Power, I believe, was. Yep. Um, the Solar Power um, one is like, it's like they've got, uh, uh, it's her walking over a camera. Yeah, it's her friend took it on the beach. I liked how it's a, it. It's an it's a up skirt without the skirt. It's an up. It's just a big ass. And here's the thing. Oh, well, I said this. I was saying this to Lauren. I was like, it's a big butt. And she was like, it's not a big butt. And I was like, listen, when the butt is the focal point, the side, the mass of the butt is sort of irrelevant. I think it's a fisheye lens, but I, I do think she does have a big butt. And I don't want to talk about what butts I like and what butts I don't like. I just think <laughs> it's a topic I'm passionate about, right? <laughs> you but, like a wagon? Yeah. But... I'm not saying she shouldn't be able to do it. I'm just saying I try not to look at as many butts as I can. Have and you then I, uh, all these um, albums come out with butts on the cover and they make me horny. And Natasha Bedingfield recently. Did you see this? No. It's she posted like some, some TikToks. Oh. Um, and it was like her side on singing. And people were commenting. And this is, I think, probably the first time I saw the word wagon as a, <laughs> as a descriptor for a, a big butt. Um, someone said, whoa, since when did Natasha Benningfield have an absolute wagon? And she replied saying, always have, always will. Or always something cool have, like that. Wow. I was like, fucking Natasha Benningfield, man, you rock. Yeah. I, I just butt. can't express how powerfully sad I feel when I see a butt like that, you know. It's so clear that this is a euphemism for how horny it makes you, so I'm going to move on. No, it's not. I already said that was horny. I'm saying, do you know when you see like a mountain... Or like a beautiful valley or something and you have that intense pain. Or like recently I went to Blackpool and I mm. thought and I thought oh, the last time I was here with my grandparents, but my grandparents they're not really in a state just now where you could go on holiday with them. And I thought I'll never be able to share this place with them again. And I felt really intense pain. Nostalgia, like the true meaning of nostalgia. Yeah, reading the daily chip. In the daily chip, yeah, and that's the kind of pain I feel when I see these butts. It's like that's that's the long the longing 
Slogging? For a childhood memory <laughs> with your grandparents. That's, that's why I'm looking at it, Sam. That's why I'm staring at this butt because it reminds me of my grandparents. So leave me alone. But do you know that longing for something you'll never have? Unrequited love. To me, you have unrequited love for Lord's butt. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, we've got to, I don't know, episode 40 or something and before descending into insane misogyny. But I don't, well, I'm trying not to be disrespectful. I'm trying to find the words to describe this girl without being disrespectful. <laughs> Damn. Uh, what do you think of the album cover to Melodrama? I absolutely love it. I think it's wonderful. I'd, uh, I looked into the guy who wrote it. It was a fella called Sam McInnes, mm. who does these uh, trashy but abstract postmodern paintings. And he actually went to the Glasgow School of Art. Wow. So there you go. He's a New York-based painter. and So it's... he's a big butt too. <laughs> He's got a few pairs of Lacoste trackies, let me tell you something. And um, he, um, the, the painting itself on the cover is stunning. It's her in bed, painted in these thick block colours. And it's a very blue album that's like her lying in bed after a night out hungover and the, and the light's hitting her and she looks so fried. Mm-hmm. And that's the album for me, is that fucking... what. The thing I like about this album is it really captures that come down, hangover, the fear. It's the fear this album into. That was the worst part of drinking for me is the fear. So it's kind of it's a mixture of things. It's yeah, it's a it's an album about just being a a young woman about the town, you know, yeah, going out, living your best life. Um, it's also partly a breakup album, although Lord said that it was not a breakup album, but instead. It's a record about being alone. Yeah, and Bonnie Vera said the exact same thing, and he was also talking shit. Maybe the two of them should collab, collabo. I don't think they should hook up. That'd be creepy. I meant hook up musically. I, I read this I'm thing about. I'm not as horny as you. Uh huh. Well, no one is. Uh, I read this thing. Lord recently said in an interview with Vogue, all her albums can be distinguished by the drugs she was using at the time. Did you read about this? I think maybe you mentioned it to me. Pure heroin. Surprisingly not. Heroin she was on. She was drinking a lot, so that's alcohol. Melodrama. MDMA. And you can't spell melodrama without MDMA. Wow. I mean, Omicron virus, media control. I mean, you know what I'm saying here. It's like Lord Moderna. You, you can't spell Moderna with MDN something yeah and then solar power was gonna be an acid record but she had a bad trip and she was like it's just gonna be a smoking honkadonk bonk <laughs> uh <laughs> that green hashish sorry i think i said something to the arses there that was not meant the original concept for melodrama was uh it was ba- going to be based on the short story there will come soft rains by ray bradbury all right you read that uh i tried to read it in about five minutes before we started recording <laughs> but it's six pages long that's quite brief you probably could have done it if you're a gifted minutes. if you're a gifted student like me you probably could have done it i'm too busy staring at butts instead of doing the work um it's uh she imagined writing the album from the perspective of aliens stepping outside a hermetically sealed environment for the first time. And then after a while, she scrapped the aliens idea and decided to write about her breakup. 
That makes more sense. Listen, as someone who's worked on concept fringe shows, I completely get that. I mean, yeah. It's a lot easier just to write about what we actually care about than being like, uh, yeah, I've been reading a lot of short, short story science fiction. I'm going to make a, a pop album about that. No, just talk about being on fucking Molly. That is, it's a very MDMA album, I think, because the beats are so kind of hip hop uh, inspired and big heavy bass, you know? Yep. But then I always think the thing about MDMA is it's a wonderful feeling when you're on it. But then two days later, when you're lying in bed. Brutal. So for anyone who hasn't, um, let's, we may have some listeners who are dweebs. <laughs> so uh, let's explain. <laughs> MDMA, pure ecstasy. Yeah. Um, uh, an incredible upper. Makes you love life. Makes you want to dance. Makes you thirsty. Mm-hmm. Makes you want to hug everyone. Mm-hmm. All around Makes you vibes. super empathetic. And it also acts as a truth serum. Mm. Um, Hard to the, lie on it. But the come down, which, you know, if you imagine a hangover... The come down from MDMA is uh, is one of massive depression. You know, yeah. you're no longer on that crazy high that you were, uh, and probably you probably got a sore mouth from trying to chew your own fucking face off as well. Yeah, gurning and stuff. Um, so yeah, come down. My my solution. Many of you will know that I'm a class myself as a recovering drink and drug user. Uh-huh. Uh, my solution for my come downs was to just drink alcohol. Um, and sort of surf out of it over the course of a few days by just remaining drunk. So it was just a hangover I had to get over rather than the come down. Um, and which is not that healthy. No. Well, did she not go into rehab shortly after this? I don't know. I think she had some alcohol problems and now she's just uh, a drug user. Well, rehabs generally wouldn't encourage that. No, no. That's just make me think different. But yeah. Maybe she's just... Because uh, she was like, oh, yeah, uh, Solar Power is a weed album, but it's like it's not like sitting in your bedroom huffing bongs. It's more like eating gummies with your friends at dusk. And I'm like... Have I told the story about my friends eating gummies? I don't think so. Right, I'll try to tell this very quickly. It's very funny. I went to Las Vegas on a stag do. Oh, yeah. And um, I went to see Jerry Seinfeld at the Coliseum. With with a couple of the guys and all of the other guys, were um, we're gonna go take gummies and watch Blue Man Group, mm-hmm. which I think on paper fun idea. <laughs> you know, I think great laugh. The problem yeah. is these are friends from my school. Now, I, I may not have been a gifted child at school, but I was a bit of a bit of a dweeb. Mm-hmm. All of my friends were dweebs. Right. So now they're all like coders for like. Oh. Spotify and Deliveroo. And oh, that's why you like Spotify so much. Okay. Um, so they're all they're all nerds basically. They're not big drug guys. Mm. I wish I'd been there because I'd have said, "Just take one gummy." <laughs> Don't do the whole bag. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> they all just ate loads. Oh no! Because they were tasty. Yeah. In their ho- they were all like in one of their hotel rooms. They all fell asleep. Whoa. And just slept in this one one of the hotel room for like six hours. Missed Blue Man Group. Woke up at ten o'clock in the evening, completely re-jet lagged for the entire trip. Jesus! I came home from Seinfeld, and they were all like having breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> six p.m. That's rough, man. Anyway, um, 
As soon as you turn this record on, that song Green Light hits you. You know what? The we give the uh the blurbs provided by Rolling Stone a little bit of grief a lot of the time, but the manner in which it described the first album as spare, mm-hmm. I think is perfect compared yeah. to to this. I mean, it's the opening track, and you're like, boom, this is great electro pop music. Yeah. Produced, as we were talking about, by Jack Antonoff, who also produced Mass Seduction, also produced the last two Lana Del Rey albums that I know you're a big fan of, Chemtrails Over the Country Club and the other one. And uh, he was in Fun. Do you like Fun, that band? I don't know them. They were going, tonight, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. We are young, so let's set the world on fire. Yeah, I think I hate them. You like that? I think that's bad, but it does make me happy. Does this guy exclusively produce albums for incredibly attractive millennial voice of generations? Pretty much, yeah. He just had Bruce Springsteen show up on his uh, last album. Show up? Yeah. Wait, he features, features on it. The boss fucking kicked down the door. I wanna jump into your Who also have horny, horny covers. Yeah, man. That's Jack Antonoff. Yeah. I think this guy's going, put something in a cover I can Jack Antonoff too. <laughs> He's also Wait. in a band called Bleachers. You heard of them? I have heard of Bleachers. Yeah. I listen Does to some you, of the uh, new stuff. Maybe Lord wrote some songs for them, and that's why I've Aye. come across them in, in my research. Also produced for Zayn Malik, 1989, and Folklore by T. Swift. Okay, so what's what's your uh, what's your thoughts on this dude? You trust him? Um, I think he's a, I think he's a good producer. You know, okay. I don't think he's special. I don't think he's sus. Right. Uh, I think he's a quite good. I don't think he's a good as the focal point of stuff, but I think he's a good side man. Because he's got this new song out called um, "Stop, Stop Making This Hurt," and it's like Talking Heads. If Bruce Springsteen was in the Talking Heads, and that sounds class, but somehow it's shake. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> um. So I think he's a great side. I think he's a great producer and stuff, but a little bit like Phil Spector. Uh, you don't need to be the focal point here, Phil. Alright? Also, stop murdering women. Not that Jack Antonoff has murdered women. He was Not a, a great comparison to no, be made. No, He's a... Uh, he went out with Laura... What's her face for girls? Oh, my God. I think it's Lana, isn't it? Lana. 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 Oh, she's fucking cringe. She's super cringe. Although, I love... I mean, I've cried at that show. Great show. What don't you fucking cry at? I'm an emotional guy. Sorry, I'm in touch with my. You're an emotional fucking... wreck, is what you are. <laughs> feel like it today, I'll tell you that much. Crying at chip paper. <laughs> it was actually the promenade that made me cry, not the paper. Jesus. You'd cry as well if you had a fucking heart. So, this is quite a. I mean, this is a pretty, pretty poppy mainstream album, you know? Mm-hmm. We haven't really had a poppy mainstream album like this since maybe Lady Gaga. Um, Cesar was not really. That was yeah, just, not that mainstream. Was like, well, this is white pop music. I would say Sizzle was mainstream. No, not really, was it? It was quite odd. 
Yeah, well, I mean, well, this is like alternative pop a, a bit uh, as well. I guess it's. I can it's see. Like... I can see links to SZA. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's a sort of R and B background uh, uh, mm-hmm. on some of the music, but this isn't as hip hoppy as the first album. This is a bit more. Um, it's a. It's a bit more traditional, I think. It yeah. still has that. She loves those those electric drums. She said she was listening to a lot of Phil Collins when she recorded it. Bit of Graceland. Yeah, Paul Simon Graceland. Robin. Dancing on my own. Um yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah, you can hear that a lot. Uh it's um it's pretty, I would say, consistent all the way through. Very consistent. Uh wanted usually I have the recurring feature bad YouTube documentary. Uh this week my bad YouTube documentary was actually quite good. It's called Melodrama Lords Ancient Greek Tragedy by a YouTuber called Internet Jewels. And she compares the album to ancient Greek plays like Homer's Odyssey. Uh, what is the definition of melodrama? It's like, uh, I got a good definition here. Cambridge Dictionary defines melodrama as a story player film in which the characters show stronger emotions than real people usually do. Now, is that not the definition of taking MDMA? Yeah. And it also yeah, goes through you. the structure of those plays, the way at the start of every Greek play there is the the in, incitement of the muse, is it called, where the living embodiment of an emotion shows up and that sings and puts forward the theme of the play and then there's the Greek chorus and then there's the soliloquy, you know, liability. One of my favourite songs on the record very much functions as a soliloquy. But do you think that's a, a I think, do you think that's a bit too deep a read for a pop album? No, I don't think so. Particularly not with Lord. Like and and the fact that she was gonna, you know, maybe base it after a fucking Ray Bradbury short story about aliens. Like I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, um, if if that was there was some truth to that. Yeah, and the you way know? that uh, Soliloquy and Sober both reprise later on in the play, you know, it really does feel like a in the album I should say it really does feel like it is laid out like a a piece of theatre this record yeah I'd say it's pretty theatrical and also like um, you can see the idea of being a sort of one story as well as a concept of mm-hmm. you know uh, of being broken up with and then going out throwing yourself at hedonism yeah yeah like sleeping with randoms waking up hungover Driving home drunk with someone like uh, you can see it's a story until until the end. I mean, basically, is liability to reprise at the end of the sort of the come down reflection, self reflection. That's what liability is. In this guy, it's really sad that song. I love it, it so much. If you've liability. ever felt, if you've ever, uh, if you've ever experienced genuine depression, that idea that your existence is just uh, a burden on other people, um, then that's that's what the song's about. I'm a I'm a liability. I'm you know, like I'm fun. When when I'm fun, people want to have fun with me, sure. But when I'm sad, no one wants fucking anything to do with me because I'm a fucking burden. <laughs> Very relatable stand-up comedy from Liam there about uh, my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's totally, it. I mean, that, you talk about really relatable. Struck an you know, re- relatable young people. I get it. Do you know what I mean? This is uh, what well, this is why I kind of disagree a bit with the blurb as well, where it said, um, you know, oh, it's not a voice of a generation; it's a voice of you know whatever 
or everyone who's ever felt this, I'm like, but I do think this particular generation are much more in tune with that idea of, you know, I'm I'm depressed and I'm, I I understand that I'm using drugs to get over my depression or whatever, rather than boomers who just fucking did that and went, but I don't want to think about why, and then punched a wardrobe. Yeah, there is a there's an there's a review on Pitchfork, I believe, of a Los Campesinos album, one of my favorite bands, and it's saying this album perfectly, uh, perfectly sums up the way it feels to be in your early 20s, having terrible relationships, feeling too many emotions about them. And the writer says, well, you know, I'm not in my early 20s anymore, but this is how it felt, and it's nice mm. to be able to dip back into it. Yeah, That's how sure. I feel about this record. Is it's nice to be able... Because you have a lot stronger feelings when you're 19, 20, 21, and you're... You know, I remember talking about, like, people driving you home drunk. I remember being at a house party, and... You know, there was a girl I wanted to kiss and she was kissing somebody else. So I went out on the window ledge and people were like, get in, get in. I was like, no, no, I have to be out here. And then this girl drove me home drunk when she was steaming. And I just wouldn't act like that anymore. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's nice to be able to listen to this album and be like, you're a liability. And I'm like on the window ledge of a tenement flat again. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't want to do that again. No. It was enough. You know, I like watching you, Columbo box sets now. Yeah, you really do feel everything when you're this age. I guess the <sighs> album's about that as well. Like, everything really just seems like, you know, I'm an adult now, and so all these feelings are real, and they are forever, you know? <laughs> so, like, it's this is that, that first, the first breakup of going, oh, my God, no one has ever felt like this. <laughs> and then you have a few more, you're like, fucking hell. This Jesus. sucks, but it's not fucking... Stardust, is Water it? Water off a duck's back. Water off a swan's cock. <laughs> I don't feel anything anymore. Uh, yeah, there's just... I mean, there's a few standout songs. Green Light, I think, perfect pop song. Um, oh, yeah, I love... Now, I read this, and I was watching this interview with Jack Antonoff, and he was talking about one production technique he uses is to kind of shape the story if the if the line in the song is a voice of god or it's to everybody he'll put loads of he'll like multi-track it the way bonnie Verdon done all the multi-tracks on his appalachian choirs but if it's something where it's just the singer talking to the listener or the singer talking to one character it'll just do a kind of bare single voice a very dry voice do you know what i mean and liability is just him playing piano and her singing straight to you. And it does feel like a soliloquy in a, a Shakespearean play or a, a Greek epic. Um, there's a few songs that I like. Um, the Louvre, I think, is great. There's a good line in that about punctuation, like over-analyzing somebody's punctuation in their texts. Yeah, I just think it's such an interesting song. And uh, it has that thing where sometimes it can... When you actually think about what she's saying, you're like, actually, this is kind of ridiculous, which is like, I get the boom, 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 pow at one point, and I'm like... But we all do. What does that mean? But I, I, mean you're on, I mean, you're on ecstasy, and the music's very loud, and you're enjoying it. I get the boom, 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 pow, looking at the cover to Solar Power. <sighs> That's misogynistic. I was being earnest, and I was talking about the pain... Of looking at an ass and you're being... That's what I mean. All right, okay. That's, that's what fine. I mean. That's fine then. 
The boom, 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 pain. Is that not a fucking Black Eyed Peas song? Boom, boom, pow. Let me get that. Boom, boom, pow. When are they on the list? That's my fucking question. next week. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> right, we need to move on. <laughs> Do you want a quiz? Let's do a quiz and then let's do the playlist picks. Okay. Famous. Let's do the theme tune. Quiz. Dreadful. Compared to the the, the lofty heights of (laughs) Secret Posho, (laughs) quiz, it feels like someone's someone's served me a Michelin star meal and then the waiter's farted. That's what it is. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give you... uh, This quiz is called Lord Blank. I'm going to give you a famous lord with a quick description. You're going to tell me what lord is it. Okay. Okay. Lord blank was invented by famous turf, J.K. Rowling. Voldemort. Ding! Nailed it. One out of five. And I'm only doing five because you've made wow. complaints in the past. You've grown. I've been trimmed. I'm going to get it down to one. The quiz is going to be one question. <laughs> That's my dream. Lord Blank disappeared in 1974 after bludgeoning a nanny to death. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what lords I know. Famous disappeared lord from the 70s. Yeah. He was oh, going to... Oh, 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 what's his... I know his name. Oh, fuck, lord. No, I do know his name because I, I remember... Do you want a Yes. I'd done a play in high school about him. That Not a hint. And it was called, Here's Looking at You, Kid. Lord, it's Lord Lou. Lord Lou. Oh, I can't remember. It's Lord Lucan. Is it just Lord Lucan? Yeah. Lucan. L-U-C-U-N. Too, yeah, it's too late. One Lord Lucan. Not looking. Lord Lucan. Lord Blank recently resigned as Brexit Minister. He's in the oh. news right now. Yeah, I know. Literally, this was... <laughs> I, I I know this, but I can't remember. Lord Frost. David Frost is his name. David George. David... Uh, what's his name? It's David Frost. David Frost. Touch of Frost. Lord Blank is generally considered to be Sauron. Oh, I don't know. Lord of the Rings. He's the Lord Nailed of the Rings. Two out of four. And then Lord Blank is the Thane of Loch Aber. Oh, there he is now. Lord Ashcroft. It's Lord Banquo from Macbeth. Right. I'm sorry, you only got two out of five. Your Lord knowledge is insufficient. Uh, that, do you know how close that is to an Alan Partridge radio sequence segment? <laughs> Who is the best Lord? He had a phone in. And then you do that as, you've done it as a genuine thing. That's Partridge-level content you're putting out. We don't include it in the quiz. If you, we don't include it in the cast if you don't want to, the P-cast. No, it's up to you. Um, right, let's do playlist pick. Well, first off... Yeah, here's a question enjoy- for you. Oh, okay. Before you get to me. Because you always do it to me. You're always Baby, doing it to me, Baby, if you man. do it to me, <laughs> I do it to you. You know what I want. You know I got it. Baby, if you gave it to... Liam... Did you enjoy an album this week? Yes, and I've enjoyed it previously. This is a great album. It's good. It's, it's a good, fun pop album. It makes you think. It makes you sad. 
It's, some songs are good to dance to. Some good songs are good to sit and have a think. It's got everything. It's empowering. It's empowering. Fi- yeah, I, I'm an empowered female after listening to this. See when you put your bum on an album cover the way she did for Solar Power, right? And, it, and it makes me feel like that. Is that empowering for her? Yes. Or, or is it just like I don't care what you're, what you're, how you feel about it? This is my. Well, that's, but that itself is empowering. Yeah. Uh, did it pass the Bob Shop test? Well, yeah. Would, yeah, I would buy this. If you saw this in the Bob Shop for 22 quid. Yeah, I'd probably buy it. What about Solar Power, 22 quid? No. Okay. Because I've not listened to it enough, and I do like the title track, but also I don't want that butt on my mantelpiece. You can't be having a big butt, and your mum comes around, and she goes, Oh, what records have you bought? And then it's some fucking massive arse. My, my mum would giggle like fuck. Anything like that, she's horrendous. She goes, oh, look, it's the big bum. <laughs> My mum would go bum? out of work and go, you never guess what Christopher's got in his flat. He's got a no. big square picture of a bum. What's that mean? And everybody would be talking about it, and then I'd phone up for a taxi, and they'd be fucking going, oh, it's Mr. Bum. I was watching Top of the Pops with my mum, and there was a woman dancing, and she was wearing no bra. And she was dancing. Charlie Dimmock style? And well, she was a bit more endowed than Charlie Dimmock, if that's the right word, okay. Uh, and my mum pointed and went, "Oh my god, look at her big bouncy tits!" <laughs> I would have been like ten. I can see where you get your sense of humour from. So I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> so don't say that, please, mum. Going upstairs. I've heard you use that exact same line in your comparing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that big pair of bouncy tits. <laughs> Chris, um, do you enjoy an album? Yeah, I really, I really, it feels very much a, you know, I like an album that's like an album. I like a fully formed body of work. Uh, I like that YouTube documentary that explained how it was Greek play themed. I thought the music was lovely. I thought liability genuinely made me sad when I heard that's very relatable um, as somebody who doesn't drink that much anymore I've probably only been drunk probably two three times because the hangovers are just too fucking insane two three times ever no this, this year right um, probably only been properly drunk two or three times because cannot take the hangovers but what will we do when we're sober yeah uh, I love the fact that it's MDMA themed. Uh, you know, as somebody who was doing it when they were the same age she was, but now I don't anymore. It does let you slip back into a type of person you aren't anymore. Uh, the production's lovely, and uh, the songs are good, and the lyrics are fun. So, yeah, I enjoyed the album for sure. What's your playlist pick from The Wreck? Well, um, I'm probably going to go with The Louvre. Mm-hmm. I think it's a standout track of the album. I think it's the most musically interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the. I think it's the one where she goes. She said, but it says the word explode, explode, and then goes. That's cool. Yeah, more so, people should do sound effects in their music. And then the door creaks. Why use metaphors when you can make funny noises? Onomatopoeia, it's called, and I know that because I'm a gifted child. 
uh, and I can spell it O-N-O-M-A-T-O-P-O-E-I-A. I would like to say that my favourite track was Liability, but for the sake of the playlist, I think Greenlight would maybe be a better You're learning. You're track learning. to put on it. You're learning. One, one fucking... And also, not all around the houses, really. That's okay. Oh, well, well, here comes the second question. What's your bonus track? Um, What is my bonus track? I was going to put on... I think I will put on... I'm really tempted to put on Fun. That band that Jack Antonoff was in. No! Tonight! Don't stink up the playlist with that crap. It's pure advert music. That's Um, it. Yeah, mobile phone advert. (laughs) You can get all your minutes on the D3. You don't have to worry about being too drunk. You can get the taxi home when you're on MDMA. Set the world on fire. With three. It's so beige that I somehow know the lyrics to the to the chorus, even though I know for a fact I've never specifically put it on and it's never been in a radio station. So I've just heard it. It's like back supermarket background music is what yeah, it is. it's class. They got another song on that record. Uh, Don't want to know. What's your choice? <laughs> uh, my choice is Some Nights I Feel Like I Don't Want. You know that one as well? That's a fun no. record. Right. So he. that's why he's the gay. Everybody was producing the records. You're fucking jank Antonoff over this fucking freak. <laughs> You're the one that loves all his fucking albums more than me. You're the one who loves his fucking album covers, jank Antonoff in, in the bathrooms <sighs> over them. I would say, on the subject of waking up the next night after a night out and articulating that feeling of having the fear, this is a very blue record melodrama, even though it's green light at the start. She's waiting on that green light. You know, the green light's not there yet. Squid Game reference. Green light. Isn't that what that... I've oh. seen it. I've seen Squid Game, yeah, but I don't remember. Anyway. Red light. Isn't Aye. that one of the games? I think green that's light. red light, green light you're talking about. Yeah, so green light is in... Is oh, I saw it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Foot Shooter by Frightened Rabbits, a song about waking up and going... All right. Uh, fuck, man, I said a bunch of stupid shit last night. It's our second Frightened Rabbit track on the playlist. Is it really? Yeah, that's fine. I put poke on it before, probably. No, you put on um, It's Christmas So We'll Stop. Oh, yeah, the Christmas record, yeah. Good, good. That's my favourite One of my favourite bands. Um, my playlist pick is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Um, not the Lord version. We're going to put the original version on. The Lord version is interesting, but it's not as... Why don't you put the Bioshock version on? Um, because I don't want to. Fair enough. People are like, gamers, rise up. I'm like, hey, gamers, sit down. You're the one bragging about fucking smashing Sekiro and all this stuff and beating God of War on extreme difficulty and shit uh, like yeah, that. It, it, that reference to a conversation we had pre-podcast, so almost certainly will be cut. No relevance to what we're talking about. It's the end of the podcast, so thanks for listening very much. At the end of the day, you're another day older. Oh. This, they sang in Les Miserables. The pitiless march of time. And we're saying at the end of this podcast, you're another hour older, <laughs> wiser, closer to us, hornier, probably. I just want to apologise. It was not my intent to make this a horny podcast. But I have to be oh, honest. 
We have to stop the pod because the horny popo are at Chris's door. Yeah. Bonk. They've, they've bonked through his door the way yeah. he wants to. Anyway. <laughs> um, enjoy yourself uh, a lovely week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Enjoy.